Connected. 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 Connected Futures. At the intersection of business, technology, and people is Connected Futures, your guide to business success. Cyber criminals are brilliant, relentless, and ruthless. So how can organizations hope to fight them? One way is to hire people just like them, minus the ruthless part. A growing wave of companies are using hackers to foil hackers. They unleash researchers, aka hackers, to attack an organization's defenses. Some of these companies create their own elite red teams of ethical or white hat hackers as they are known. Others commandeer virtual armies of crowdsourced hackers. The goal is the same, probe for weaknesses that may have escaped the internal securities team's best efforts. Kevin Delaney, senior writer for Connected Futures Magazine, is joined by Jay Kaplan, CEO of the ethical hacking firm Synac. Enjoy the conversation. Thanks for chatting with us, Jay. So admit it, it's fun to think like a cyber criminal, isn't it? Thanks so much for having me, Kevin. Yeah, you know, it, it really is uh, it, fun to think like a cyber criminal, but you, for our business, we kind of make sure that these people are doing it ethically um, and that they're doing it uh, for the better of protecting, helping organizations protect themselves from the nefarious actors that they're ultimately, um, you know, building up their security posture for. So how did your background uh, lead you to putting on a white hat and um, taking on these kind of challenges? Yeah, so Kevin, uh, my, my former background before starting Synac was um, I worked about four years at the National Security Agency on the offensive cyber mission there, um, basically supporting intel operations, doing state-sponsored hacking work. And certainly that gives you a very unique perspective on this space. I think one that companies today are having a really, really difficult time grappling with the problem of defending against advanced, sophisticated actors, kind of like I was in my previous job. And when you start to kind of look at how they're going about the problem from a vulnerability perspective, certainly this is one of many problems in cybersecurity today, and figuring out where are the vulnerabilities that are ultimately enabling another actor to gain access to my sensitive data or gain access to my network. They're, they're, the way that we looked at it is they're going about it all wrong. Um, they are looking at the actors that they're defending against as if they're very static and they don't really change and, and you know they're very singular in their nature. There's only one or two of them. They're not persistent. When in actuality, they're constantly attacking these organizations and they're constantly looking for a way in and they're very dynamic with the approach. And so we wanted to really create a methodology or a way about finding these vulnerabilities in a, in a completely different manner. And we do it by utilizing more of a crowdsource methodology. And you alluded to this a little bit, Kevin, in your introduction. Um, but essentially what Synac does is recruits a global network of the top white hat security researchers all over the world, and we're in 40 different countries today. And we basically pay them on a success basis to uncover security vulnerabilities across our customer base. Um, and we're doing this on an ongoing uh, basis as well. So what that means is no longer are we saying, let's come in for a few hours or a couple of days, but let's, let's attack these organizations just like they're being attacked. Um, which is happening persistently, um, and let's really align the incentives and give these companies the diversity that they need in order to ultimately find all the issues um, that one day would potentially lead to a breach. So in a way, you're trying to mimic the approach that the bad guys take. There are all these n nefarious characters around the world 
they're diverse, they're numerous, they have a lot of different skill sets. You're, you're, you're in a way trying to create the same sort of a dynamic, although, as we said earlier, minus the ruthless, uh, unethical part. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Um, and so to the extent that we can really align um, uh, the researchers that we utilize and, and give them and empower them um, and, and to give them the resources available to make them think or mimic the same activity that the adversaries are ultimately growing at these organizations on, on a daily basis, uh, it means that we can help these organizations become more secure um, and protect themselves uh, in a, a fundamentally better way. So obviously you're not replacing um, all of the, the traditional approaches to security, but you're adding another layer to it, another dimension, uh, an, another perspective. That's exactly right. You know, you really have to look at security as a multi-layered uh, approach. There are a variety of solutions and a variety of problems that we have to attack. And that's why you see so many different companies in the security space. Um, you know, obviously Cisco has a number of security products as well, and they're all attacking different parts of this problem. Um, you know, you have firewalls that are segmenting off parts of your network. You have IDSs and IPSs that are trying to detect intrusions inside the networks. You have a variety of endpoint agents that are trying to figure out is there something malicious going on in individual boxes. Um, but you also need to be protecting from a vulnerability perspective, and that's the problem that we're specifically attacking. Um, again, you know, these, these companies, uh, pretty much every company in the world, they have to be looking at this holistically. Um, they can never, there's never going to be a silver bullet. Um, you can't just buy one product and say we're now secure. But Synac is uh, solving that one, that one component, that one really important component of, of uncovering uh, the security vulnerabilities and, and, and ultimately making it at least a little bit harder for um, those attackers to break into these organizations in the first place. Yeah, and uh, of course you're, you're using human ingenuity. I know automation is, is more and more important in security and, and artificial intelligence is going to be coming in more and more and all of that is great. But at the end of the day, you still kind of need humans to fight humans, right? That's exactly right. And, you know, we, we absolutely recognize as a company that automation is very important. And it's important for scalability. Um, and it's important for overall awareness and cognizance um, because, you know, frankly, as a, as a human, we can only do so much at once. And if we really want to have a holistic understanding of the environment that we're in, we need to leverage technology to support us and to make us more efficient. And so that's what we're doing at Synag. We're using the technology more for scale. To, to you know, pay attention to how an organization is changing, and then and then push that information to these in, uh, independent researchers and make them more efficient at their jobs. And so, uh, but like you alluded to, we absolutely think that researchers are are, are so important in this uh, equation as well. Um, and without the people thinking outside of the box, thinking creatively, you can't attack this problem the same way as if you just had the technology or just the automation alone. Because the black hats are creative and using a lot of ingenuity. That's exactly right. They're they're looking for any way in that they possibly can. And if you don't, you know, utilize your resources in that same vein, you're just going to be in a bad place. And you know, it really, it only takes one vulnerability, right? One way in for someone to to, to own an entire network. And as a result of that, you have to be. Um, creative with how you think about this problem, and you have to be really diverse with the resources that you deploy against it. And of course, today, with uh, the Internet of Things, 
and the ever-expanding ecosystems that that uh, organizations are part of. Um, there's so many third-party vendors that open up vulnerabilities. There's so many new endpoints. You really need to be thinking in a, in a much uh, wider, more expansive kind of way. That's exactly right. And you know, to that to that point, uh, given that the technology footprint keeps expanding, and there's so many different technologies, and um, it, it's it's making it almost an impossibility to um, just rely on your own in-house resources because you don't have all that expertise in one place. You really need to rely on uh, a diverse pool of these resources um, and and people who have different skill sets and backgrounds and different tools and have been trained differently. And so as you deploy these IoT devices, as you deploy different types of technology within your organization, um, you can be leveraging this talent all over the world that has a, a true security expertise in each of these areas. Um, and you know, I think that's why you, you can no longer, especially with the supply and demand problem as it relates to uh, talent, can no longer rely on just your own people to, to lock this stuff down. You have to um, be a little bit creative um, with uh, using some external uh, help and resources, especially a solution like this that, that does take more of a you know, crowdsourced approach. You have way more resources than you could ever hire um, on your own. And I'm sure an outsider can come in with a different perspective as well. You, you could, I would imagine you could have the most cutting edge security team and they still might be looking at the same platform, the same infrastructure, the same architecture every day and might, might miss something that an outsider might see with, with a different perspective. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, you get very pigeonholed, very siloed into looking at the same thing over and over again and knowing exactly what to look for, what you've seen in the past. And you only look for the anomalies from what you've already seen, but you're not really taking a fresh look or, or, or taking it with a fresh set of eyes or, or, or different in a different lens. And I think as a result of that, um, that's why a lot of problems are missed. And so by bringing in external resources, people who haven't seen the, the environment before um, and who have you know seen other environments and how they're susceptible to a variety of attacks, it, it, it lends to um, just being more effective overall. You talked about all those different skill sets. So I know there's no typical profile of an ethical hacker. They come in all shapes, sizes, and backgrounds, no doubt. But uh, what, just generally speaking, what would you look for in the, the type of person who might uh, partake in, in one of your um, hacking efforts? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, we're, we're obviously very vigilant in uh, making sure the veracity of our researcher network is uh, one that has high integrity and a lot of trust. Um, and also one that has a very high bar in terms of the skill set needed in order to to work on our customers' projects. And so, um, and so we test our researchers based on skills. We put them through rigor practical exams and written exams and interviews. Uh, but we also do things like background checks. We do ID verification. Um, we're making sure that they're all known entities and that we can actually trust them. Um, the people that we're working with are highly professional. They're free. You know, they're working for us on a freelance basis and full time. You know, most of them are actually you know, security engineers or they're, they're developers working for big technology companies, they're people back in the government space where I come from. 
and it's uh, it's those type of resources that you don't have to be concerned about from a, a trust perspective. You know that these people are ethical in their day jobs, and and, and you know that you know that we've done our diligence in terms of you know making sure they don't have a criminal background and so forth. Um, and so those are the type of people that that we utilize and leverage on our platform, and we think that's. You know, really important for our enterprise customers that are a little bit more conservative and uh, and ultimately um, want to make sure that the people that are finding these these vulnerabilities are um, are trustworthy. Um, so we, we take that very seriously. And uh, you're you're working with some some larger enterprises and public sector, et cetera. That's exactly right. So we work um, we're very heavy with the Fortune 500 across. Banking, um, um, technology, healthcare, uh, uh, consumer goods, oil and gas—pretty much every industry we have uh, a presence in. Uh, but we also are doing work in the government space. Um, we recently just announced uh, last week, actually, that we want a big contract with the Department of Defense, and we're working with a couple other federal agencies as well um, in utilizing this model. And what's exciting about that is it is more of a progressive approach, right? Crowdsourcing. Your 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 uh, security testing um, that is definitely very new, uh, and it's and for a uh, conservative organization like any government agency, uh, it's not some someone that you would expect to adopt something like this. However, I think even the government recognizes that in order to stay ahead of this problem, they really need to think more creatively about um, uh, deploying solutions that are different. And um, and the only way they can stay ahead of those bad guys that are attacking them every single day is to deploy resources that mimic their activities. Um, and so I think that's why we see, have seen such great adoption even within the federal space. Yeah, uh, the, the advanced persistent threats are nothing if not persistent, right? That's exactly right. The, the, the term persistent is not there by accident. These, these uh, attackers are truly going after these organizations and these targets on an ongoing basis. Um, and it never really stops until they get it. Uh, how would you speak to uh, an organization, an enterprise, pu- public sector organization, in, in terms of how often uh, they should be subjected to the, these kinds of ethical hacks? Well, I mean, we, we actually are, have the philosophy that it should be ongoing, and that's why we operate in a subscription model. So our customers sign up for um, basically engaging with Synac on an ongoing basis. And, um, you know, that's, uh, that's the only way unless they are attacking this problem uh, persistently, um, uh, they will never be able to defend against the persistent actors that are going against them. And so that's why we feel like it's really important to do um, to do this work on an ongoing basis as well. Yeah, as we said, uh, the, the threat landscape is constantly changing and the endpoints are, are expanding and the, the ecosystem is shifting. So all the apps are changing. So I, it's a very, very fluid uh, situation. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And given that fluidity, um, you have to think about the problem um, in a fluid manner, and you have to be dynamic with your resources, and you have to be um, persistent with those resources as well. Okay, so Jay, you have a CIO sitting before you, not me, I'm thinking uh, in a hypothetical situation. Uh, what would be your three key security takeaways that, that you might share with a CIO, given, given your perspective in, in the way that you uh, approach security? Yeah, I, I think that's a great question. You know, if I'm talking to a CIO today, um, I, I think the three things I hone in on are really 
One, you have to uh, diversify your resources um, and you have to make sure that you know, you're not siloed in a corner where you're only utilizing people that have seen your environment over and over again. Um, you have to be reliant on not, not only people that are, are constantly probing and looking for um, ways in, but also people who can think about how are we going to spot people inside of our network when they do get in. Um, how do we, what other new technologies do we need to deploy? And diversifying that mind share, I think, is really key, really critical. Um, um, two, I think it's constantly looking for uh, new technologies and, and, and recognizing that um, the attackers are always deploying new attacks and they have new creative um, ways of, of, of hiding themselves. Um, and so you constantly have to evolve the technology that is within the walls of your organization um, and the different solutions that you employ um, to stay ahead of, of these actors. Uh, and the third, you know, I would I would basically say culture. I, I think you you need to have a consistent culture from the top down. Uh, people all the way at the top recognizing that you know they um, they are just as vulnerable and 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 just as big of a target as the people all at the bottom of the organization, the bottom of the totem pole. Really, anyone with an email address inside of your network that could be susceptible to phishing or you know that has a vulnerability sitting on their endpoint machine. Um, they they could be a target, and um, and I think everyone has to treat cybersecurity just as importantly as the next person within the organization in order to protect the entire company as a whole. Okay, uh, thank you, Jay Kaplan. My my guest Jay is the is the CEO of the ethical hacking firm Synac, and thank you again for your your great insights. Thanks, Kevin. It was great to be here. To learn how technology will impact you and to discover more ways to future-proof your business, listen to previous episodes of Connected Futures. Subscribe to the Connected Futures podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your preferred podcast app. For more insights, analysis, and the voice of thought leaders, go to the Connected Futures online magazine at connectedfuturesmag.com.